This is Sports Radio 100.9, The Mix. You've waited patiently all day. All week. They were patient. They didn't get rushed. But Great Lakes Bay region, we finally arrived at the payoff from high school. 10-5, touchdown Chargers. To college. You broke the rules, and you might get slapped on the wrist for it. To the pros. I'm a little bit worried. The Ravens. They knocked us out cold. We cover everything a Michigan sports fan could want. This is uncharted territory. And now, here they are. It's the payoff. Howdy. We welcome you into the payoff. Fueled by Forward Energy on this not-so-lovely Wednesday evening. Kind of rainy all day. Not my favorite type of weather, but you do you. Got a lot to get to today. Connor Stallions, another piece on him. It gets weirder by the day. I can't tell if this guy is obsessed with pleasing Jim Harbaugh or wants to take his job. We'll get into that a little bit later. We've also got to talk wings. Wow, what a game that was last night. Pistons make their season debut tonight. But, as promised, we'll start today's show off with a fake Lions trade. Here we go. The Detroit Lions need to make a move. That's all but apparent. The Eagles have gotten better in the last 24 hours. Trade for Kevin Byard, former Pro Bowler. The Seattle Seahawks have gotten better in the last 24 hours. Just today, they, tr- uh, they signed free agent Frank Clark, former Michigan Wolverine. Now it's time for the Lions to jump into the mix because they can't just sit back and watch all these teams get better in the NFC and not participate in the trade deadline activities. Trade deadline is Halloween, a week from yesterday. So you're looking around the NFL. There's not a ton of teams looking to sell right now. I believe 23 teams have three wins. Not a lot of teams are in the dumps looking to get rid of everybody, but there's a few. And there's one team specifically that has a lot of guys that are apparently on the trade block right now. Now, I'm I'm not asking to trade for Pat Sertain. I don't want to give up first-round picks. I'm not asking for Max Crosby. They're not trading Max Crosby. But I'm looking at this Raiders team who's coming to town on Monday. You can listen to the Lions and the Raiders play on Monday Night Football right here on 100.9 The Mitt. There's someone else on that team that may as well just stick around in Detroit long-term. You don't need to go back to Vegas. That city is gross. It's disgusting. You don't want to play for that franchise. Just hang out here. Where do the Lions need the most help? Where did Lamar Jackson just torment this team for four straight quarters? Secondary. Still with a lot of injuries. You might need someone to step up in place of those injuries. You didn't know Emmanuel Mosley was going to tear his ACL. Now we're relying on Jerry Jacobs. Jerry Jacobs goes down on Sunday. Now all of a sudden, Will Harris is in the game. Will Harris got waterboarded by Lamar Jackson for four straight quarters. It was awful. Every time they passed it his way, someone was wide open. You can't deal with that kind of stuff if you want to consider yourself a true Super Bowl contender. And I get it. The Lions have dealt with a little bit of injuries. Will Harris isn't the primary option out there as cornerback. But here's the thing. You got to be able to play some of your secondary guys in the playoffs because injuries happen. That can't be an excuse. So you got to get some more depth out there. I promise I'll land the ship. Here it is. 
Former Pro Bowler. Three-time Pro Bowler. Marcus Peters. He's only 30 years old. And I think the most important piece of all of this is he's an expiring contract, which means the Raiders have almost no leverage with this. They're not going to give him another contract this summer. They're just simply not going to do it. They have better money to spend elsewhere. Hell, that team is just lost. Marcus Peters is the least of their worries right now. So they don't have any leverage to get anything back from him. Fifth round pick, sixth round pick, fifth and a sixth, sure. It brings some more depth in the secondary. You get a veteran presence, and then you never have to play Will Harris again. Works for me. Now I get what you're saying. Oh, Marcus Peters is washed. This guy hasn't been good in years. Listen, the Raiders have set this guy up to fail. Marcus Peters is guarding the best receivers on each and every team. He's guarding guys Patrick Mahomes is throwing to every week. He's not a cornerback one anymore. That's not what I'm arguing. But Cam Sutton's around. Cam Sutton's been just fine. You bring Marcus Peters in to guard second best wide receivers, play a little bit of zone. And I think he's going to do a lot better. The Eagle, or excuse me, the Raiders, they don't have any run support. Bottom five team. Bottom half team in pass rush grade on PFF and sacks. They're not helping him, the front seven, out in Vegas. Lions, up until Sunday, have thrived in stopping the run, which has allowed the secondary to have a little bit more wiggle room down the field. You're not going to ask Marcus Peters to do a whole lot more. You're going to ask him to do a lot less in a Detroit Lions uniform. So, John, why not just let Marcus Peters hang out in Detroit for the last half of the season? I think it'd be a great addition. I didn't know where you were going with this. We threw out a couple of hypothetical names on Monday, went back and forth, and you've been hesitant because you're going to have to give up something for Marcus Peters. Now, not you're not going to have to get uh, yeah, basically you're not, nothing. <laughs> you're not going to have to give up a first. You're not going to have to give up a second. The thing I wonder is. I mean, Will, if he could still play, he had a great game last week against, um, or actually he didn't have a good game last week. It was two weeks ago against New England. He had a very good game defensively for the Raiders. He's on a one-year deal. Right. How much he adds right now, I think would be a question mark. But like you said, they have him in a role where he's playing the number one receiver. He doesn't have to worry about that. He has to worry about maybe the second or third priority in a defense playing zone. The Lions aren't structured the same way the Raiders are. The only thing I would I would look into with Peters, this is a guy who grew up in Oakland, California, a guy who's wearing number 24. It's what Charles Woodson wore, all the great Oakland, and then now Vegas secondary players. The Raiders are still trying to build something, and they're at a three and four mark. This isn't a team that I think is willing to give this guy up for nothing. I know it was a one-year deal, but it's not a one-year deal in my opinion for Peters that's, oh, we'll just have a, a waiver on a or a flyer on a veteran because we need some back-end support. Part of it is that. Part of it is that. But this is a guy that they see for the next couple of years. And why is he on a one-year contract? Which is their win. Well, because they can get him for a one-year contract. It's sort of a proving point. Let's see if you could prove. And then, and he's also 30 years old. Yeah, that's Th- all that's, great. But that, when the Lions the only thing that beat I would that consider. team down on Monday Night Football and win by 30 points and take their anger out from what happened last week, and the Raiders all of a sudden are just, just got blown out, they might be looking to sell. It, it then they're only going to have season. about 24 goes, hours to do it. That's the problem, too, because then it becomes, you know, three and five. It'd it have, it have to be a quick move. It'd have to be, you know, like you just said, night and day. I don't hate it. But, I don't hate it. Do, do you think bringing in Peters makes them 
that much better. It, it's an upgrade. Where would you place him? You'd place him right below Sutton as your second best defensive back. Him and Jerry Jacobs can battle it out for that second spot. All I know is if I see Will Harris one more time on the field, <laughs> I'm going to bash my head into my table. Because I, I, I'm really trying to find the counter to I don't hate this. It, it really all depends on what you're willing to or what uh, the Raiders are willing to accept. I just, the one thing that I would be puzzled at or the one thing that I would look into, just because I don't think his name has been rumored anywhere. There's been players on the block, and obviously Max Crosby for what? It's it seems like really since week one. Uh, they're not giving up Max Crosby. <laughs> they're, no, Max they're Crosby's not. Saying, way too good. He'd cost like three first round picks. I get that, but he's been a name that's that you know that's always been circulating. I haven't seen Peter's name uh, circulating that you know. It's because it's realistic. Too much. Kevin Byard's name wasn't. Everyone was so quick on the Titans. Oh, it's, it's Hop. Oh, it's DeAndre. Uh, it's DeAndre Hopkins. It's Derrick Henry. Well, the Eagles just stole Kevin Byard off the board for essentially nothing, mm. former All-Pro guy. Uh, two years left on his deal, so a little bit less leverage for the Titans. They got a player back, a fifth, and a sixth. It would 100% cost less to get Marcus Peters. Yeah. I think you could get him with a fifth. You're not, you think so? You, you, yes, because it's not like you're going to have to send a fourth for, or a third-round pick for this guy. He's, he has an expiring contract. Yeah. It's, and, and the Lions need to upgrade. This fits the bill for that. And it does it without giving up first round picks or giving up this massive haul for someone like Patrick Sertain. Yes, Patrick Sertain's better than, say, Marcus Peters. But Marcus Peters still would significantly help this team on the defensive side of the ball where they are struggling in the secondary. They've had to deal with a lot of injuries. And this right here would put a Band-Aid on a lot of problems because, like I said, Will Harris, not good at football. Would prefer to never see him play again. Do you, do you need a, man, a Band-Aid or do you need a needle mover at this point, though? I mean, you There's talked not about a ton it yesterday. Needle movers when, on the block, though. That's what people fail to realize. I get that. You you talked about it yesterday, and I it might have been relating to the lines, might have been relating to something else. But the fact that you know depth is just the word for when you don't have stars, when you don't have great defensive players. Oh, we'll just add depth. We'll just add depth. Yeah, this, but this Marcus really, Peters isn't some no name bump. I'm not saying he is. I like him a lot. Thirty years old is the only question mark where he's older, but I think he's been pretty solid this year. On what you know is his third team and. He's on pace for the most pass breakups in his career since 2016. Yep. He's still playing at a fine level. The Raiders that, are just asking him to do a lot. That's part of it, too. I I don't hate this. I don't hate this. I'd love to hear what people have to say, 989-837-6125, because we've thrown out a lot of names, you know, since we launched this station all the way back in early October about no, upgrading this Lions team. And no, you've, Brad you've been, has thrown out a lot of names. <laughs> And, I, and I've been in support of that. And you've been hesitant to a certain extent, but I think this is a logical move. I think, like you said, and I think the main point, uh, at least the main point for you is not giving up too much. You know, you want you want Holmes to have a first and second round pick until, uh, you know, for the next 15 years, not having to wiggle out of those uh, if possible in your, in your ideal scenario. Right. But, you look down the line, and this is not something the Lions are going to regret. I agree. That's what, that's it, what it's, I it's, fear. It's, you don't want to regret a trade looking back two years from now. But if yeah. you give up a fifth and a sixth, that's essentially nothing it, when you're low, trying to win a Super Bowl. It's low risk, but is it high reward? Yes, because I, I it mean, means that's Will question. Harris will never have to play football again. <laughs> that is my dream. That When I go to sleep at night, all I think about is, please, God, let Will Harris be on a different team next week or just get cut for all I care. Wow. He is awful. Uh, Marcus Peters, I think he'd help us out. What do you think? Frick Sports Bar, text line 989-837-6125. Yes or no. To keeping Marcus Peters in Detroit post-Monday Night Football, you're listening to The Payoff. We've still got a whole lot to get to today. Connor Stallions, it's getting weirder and weirder. Pistons making their debut. Red Wings just got absolutely screwed yesterday by those damn officials.
Always seems to be the officials. We'll get to it all. You're listening to The Payoff, fueled by Forward Energy. Back to The Payoff on the Great Lakes Bay Region's home for sports. Yeah, everybody looks good at home. Sports Radio 100.9, The Mitt. He wants the Lions to make some blockbuster deal, send him first-round picks for Pat Sertain or Max Crosby. It doesn't have to be like that. The Eagles just stole former Pro Bowler Kevin Byard from the Titans because they were smart with it. They didn't overpay. They traded their safety in a fifth and a sixth, and they got a Pro Bowler in return. Lions can do the same thing within the trade deadline, which is Halloween, Tuesday, and they could bring in someone like Marcus Peters for a fifth-round pick. Very cheap, low risk, massively improves the defense. John, I don't see why they can't do a deal like this. It doesn't have to be some blockbuster deal to get better. I'm trying to find the name that might be a little bigger that you can get for the same price. You know, we, we, we've talked about a lot of overreaches, and you think Patrick Sertain's an overreach. I think a little bit less. I think this does help you. I, you know, he's, he's a quality corner, a former pro bowler, or all pro, I guess, means a little more than pro bowler. Uh, right. A Twice former all pro it. with Kansas City for a couple years. And, okay, the main thing you're going to look at, you pull up his pro football reference page or whatever, you're going to see he's 30 years old. But it's been a really strong season. He was given a flyer by the Las Vegas Raiders. Here, here's a year. Here's $3 million for the team right. you grew up rooting for, the team. Uh, you know, you grew up, your favorite player was Charles Woodson. You grew up in the Oakland area. And he's making the most of it. And maybe it's time he joins a contender. Right. And a lot of that will be predicated on the Lions' performance, believe it or not, on uh, – on, on Monday of whether the Raiders feel like they're out of it because if the Raiders beat the Lions four and four, I yeah, mean, they're, yes, not, the, they're probably not trading anybody. No, and, and, and the West is obviously for the Chiefs, but, you know, Chargers and Broncos, I think, are beatable teams where the Raiders, even though it sounds crazy, realistically feel like they can maybe be the second best team in that division. Sure. But again, if you can, I think it's a low risk and you, I don't want to call it a low risk, high reward. I don't want to call it a low risk, low reward. I think it's a medium reward. I think you it's bring a him high in floor. and he could add. You definitely get better. Yeah. How much better you get is, a, I guess, up in the air. Yeah. But it's cert- like you you definitely get an upgrade there. Whether it's Peters or Jerry Jacobs in that cornerback two role, it means you never have to see Will Harris again, which is the <laughs> ultimate goal at all times. And like Man, you said, you like, and the Will Harris slander. He's just... bad. <laughs> like, I, like you said, uh, he's 30 years old, but it's not like you're signing this guy up for a four-year contract. He's an expiring he only costs yes. three million dollars, and mm-hmm. then you, you, if you don't want to pay him again, which you probably don't, you can, you can just let him walk. And and I go think find a different team. W- whether it's Peters or or other names, and and you could throw them out there. Obviously nine eight nine eight three seven six one two five. But the fact that you want to bring in rentals for this year, when you have a small window like the Lions do of this year and next year, really being your best opportunities in the coming years for a Super Bowl. That this is when you want to win right now. You want to bring in rentals. You want to bring in guys who could fit the system immediately, veterans that are going to add. It's what the Eagles just did, and you want to be on the Eagles' level. You sort of have to make that move, and Holmes knows that. I think Campbell knows that as well. I mean, he's talked to the media this week, and and he's all for a move if the guy is right for them, which is basically coach speak pretty much. Right. But it's not like this is a Lions front office that's like, no, we're content. They shouldn't be content after what happened in Baltimore. They need to make a move, and the defensive backfield was probably the most exploited unit, uh, even though everything went wrong on Sunday, was probably the most exploited unit out of all of them. And if you could bring in Peters for basically nothing, 
I'm sort of for it. Again, still trying to find well, a way not to be for it, but it's. But you, I'm you should fine never be content. In. You should never be no. content. Look what the Eagles just won their biggest game of the year against the Dolphins on Sunday Night Football, national television, and they weren't content. They went and got a Pro Bowler. They seem to just make really simple moves. They seem to just add Pro Bowlers and make it seem real simple. It's what they do year in and year out, and that's why they've been so successful. Uh, yeah, bring Marcus Peters into Detroit. Do something. Lions backs kind of against the wall having uh, this Monday night game, and then they got 24 hours for the deadline. No excuses, though. Go make a move. You have to. Don't sit idle. Hey, hey, you said it. You're being the realist with this. Hey, tell the Raiders, listen, like maybe put him on, you know, make sure he's not on the flight with all the other guys back. Keep him in town. Right. Book him a later flight. If it doesn't work out, we get him home. But maybe there's not a reason to. Maybe, maybe we keep him in uh, the Michigan area. Let's check the text line. Anyone else? Having regrets drafting Gibbs 12th overall when we could have had Jalen Carter at six or trade back up to number eight. Who said that? I don't know. They didn't leave a name. I uh, got you, People, you got to leave your name and where you're texting from. Last, we gotta know. last four digits, eight, zero, nine, three. Uh, yeah, as, as much as it'd be great to, you know, have Jalen Carter, he seems to be this generational talent on the defensive side of the ball. And again, it goes back to the Eagles just don't overcomplicate things. They just no. take the best player on the board. Uh, no, I, I can't say I regret drafting Gibbs because right now, if Gibbs wasn't on the team, oh God, you're looking, I mean, it didn't matter on Sunday, but you're looking at Josh Reynolds or excuse me, Craig Reynolds taking RB1 snaps with David Montgomery down. No, I mean, given the current situation, you needed a guy like Gibbs and he was really, I'll say it, the lone bright spot offensively. You can say pretty much a lone bright spot in that game yeah. against Baltimore. You're like, okay. He he's, he still is not Montgomery. And I mean, that's that's hard to expect from a from a rookie. Obviously, he's a guy different who's than young. Montgomery. He, he is. He is. But brings but a different element. He does. And 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 you want that one-two punch. You do. When Montgomery's back into the fold, you you want that one-two punch. And he adds a lot. Yeah. I mean, I I think having Carter would be nice too. But I don't think you could just uh, throw Gibbs to the wayside. And it, it you was, may be able to throw uh, Jameson Williams to the wayside, Ben. But you're not. That's willing not to what do we're that talking about. We're not getting into that today. And I think it was something like Gibbs has went for Gibbs is like the second running back in franchise history go to go for 80 scrimmage yards in his first five games. Like Gibbs and Montgomery are your duo for the next three years minimum. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm completely fine with it. The Lions' run defense has been fine this year. Yeah, it seems nice to be able to have someone like Jalen Carter on paper, but the, the Lions' run defense has been fine. I don't I don't regret that decision whatsoever. Uh, the Jack Campbell thing is a different question because Jack Campbell has been awful. Just awful on defense the last few weeks. So if we're talking about regrets, that's probably the one in the draft um, as of right now. I still don't fully. I, th- I think maybe not in a large or maybe he's in a too big of a role right now. Well, he's I in still, a role I still he didn't play he in college. Because I saw, yeah, I, Stop I saw playing him at edge. Th- I think that's the thing. I think it's just, uh, you know, bad placement on, on, the, on the coaching end, honestly. And, and not to say that obviously you want to draft a guy who's versatile, could be a Swiss army knife, could move from role to role, but we saw what he did against Kansas city. I think there's talent there. It's just, uh, I don't want to say he was set up to fail against Baltimore and listen, Lamar's a talented quarterback and the Ravens offense is, you uh, don't say it's true. <laughs> I, I do say it's, it's a, uh, it's a tricky offensive scheme, but he was overmatched. Let's move things along. Oh, let's do it. Connor stallions. Oh, my boy. This guy. It, so a new story comes out today. There's just a new story every day about this guy. And, Every time we learn something about him, it just gets weirder and weirder and weirder. Today we find out this guy is genuinely obsessed and has been for years with Michigan football. Some source close to Naval Academy football that knows him well 
came out and said, no, this guy was like borderline creepishly obsessed to an excessive degree with Michigan football. So much so to the point that he has a 500 to 600 page document that features a long-term plan on how he would run the Michigan football program. He calls it the Michigan manifesto. So I don't know whether he's trying to do anything in his power to please Jim Harbaugh or if he's trying to overtake his job. It it sounds like he's trying to replace Jim Harbaugh, if you ask me. And that's his creepy goal that he's had for like a decade. I mean, you can look at history. People who write manifestos are obviously geniuses. Uh, So, you know, maybe Michigan (laughs) should have trusted him. Uh, yeah, he is. He's definitely a, a, a special cat in a way, and, and that's and that's putting it nicely. I, I didn't even know. I thought it was a hundred pages. I just skimmed. You're right through the Sports Illustrated article, it's which, weird. by the way, if when you're done listening uh, to the payoff tonight on Sports Radio 100.9 The Mitt, give that Sports Illustrated uh, feature a read. No free if, ads if you uh, if you haven't. And, and obviously, we're going to talk about it here, but. Yeah, just uh, he was, he's something else. He's he was something else. bragging to this helps, former college way. student that he's he was bragging. He got super close with some of the assistant coaches, including Jay Harbaugh, which is well, no, 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 not Jim Jay Harbaugh's Harbaugh. son. Jay Harbs. Yeah, Jay, that's what he called him. Jay Jim Harbs and Jay Harbs. Right. And apparently he's really close with it. him, which makes me feel like, well, a you're either just lying and like you, you are so freakishly obsessed with Michigan football that you're just saying you're close with all these people or. But if that's true, if he's actually close with Jay Harbs, yeah. there's just no way Jim Harbaugh doesn't know about this. No. Like, there, there's simply no way. But at the same time, does Jim Harbaugh know that he's got this 600-page document he's been working on with a couple other guys? That way, 15 years from now, when he his vision comes true of being the head coach for the Michigan Wolverines, it, it sounds like he's trying to do Jim Harbaugh's job for him. Says there's guys out there that are going to be Ohio State's head coach. They're not doing this. Like, bro, get a life. No, like, seriously, he's a, he's a get a life. Wow. What is he doing? He's helping Michigan win football games, Ben. Clearly. Clearly. He's giving them the competitive balance, the competitive edge, Ben. The weirdest part about this story that came out today to me was this theory he had with the Naval Academy football team where he had this theory where he was illegally getting these guys' GPA and SAT scores. And his theory was if you have a bad SAT score – but a really good GPA, you're going to be a good football player because it shows that you have great worth ethic, even if you're not super smart. That does, like kind of makes sense. Like, I'm, I'm actually okay with that opinion coming from a guy who probably didn't do well on his SAT, but had a good GPA in high school. But I sucked <laughs> at I sucked at football, Ben. So I don't know how much that worked for me. Uh, maybe in other things, but yeah, no, that didn't. I, 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 you know what? Actually, I did bring that case to my high school football coach, and he was like, "Yeah, you're gonna be, uh, you know, left bench, okay? You can play right bench for us." So that that didn't work for me. Maybe it would work for someone else, but uh, I don't know. He's he he definitely seems like a uh, again a, a strange cat. Go get strange a life. Cat. By the way, have you heard the name? This was something else related today. Uh, the name Jim Stapleton, a Michigan booster. Does that name resonate with you at all, or any of the listeners? No, because some some New York Times writer went on, granted, sports radio in Columbus uh, with 97.1 over there. And he was basically saying that the Stapleton guy who's a Michigan booster has it out for Harbaugh. So they're thinking that the Stallion stuff came from this booster. 
who apparently. I'm, I'm yeah. at the point where I don't know what to believe. Whether Harbaugh knew about Allegedly. it, whether I don't know what to believe because Connor Stallions just seems like the biggest weirdo on the entire planet right now. Yeah. By, by the way, do you want to hear our Stallions watch a uh, little little audio clip that we're gonna just keep playing now if this story oh just keeps progressing? I, I put a lot of work into this today. Yeah, Jim, you said that. You, you do think the team maybe has, or the program has maybe a bit of a target on its back. Can you? Well, I think you said that, and I agreed to it. Go ahead and book it with this Michigan-branded Amex card with my legal birth name on it. Don't forget to go through the team's official ticketing website. Make sure that receipt goes to video espionage department at umich.edu. <laughs> you like that? That's great stuff, John. Thank you. And, and if the the, the ba- last part of that clip, I keep like I, I keep giving shout outs, but SEC shorts, which is like a skit thing for college football. They did a little skit on that on the uh, Michigan stuff today. I think it was pretty funny. Frick Sports Bar text line. Espionage card, man. Dot, dot, you know, dot you, mish, dot edu there. That's the email. 989-837-6125. Join the conversation. We're about to get into the wings. They just got screwed last night. One of the most invested hockey games I've ever been to in my entire life. And just got it stolen from them. Pistons, debut tonight. What determines a successful season? I want to hear from you. 989 837 6125. We'll get to it next. You're listening to the payoff fueled by Forward Energy. More of the Great Lakes Bay region's only local sports show. Back to the payoff. Pistons, they're back tonight. And a lot of people think this team's not even worth talking about because of how garbage they were last year. Rightfully so. 17 wins is unacceptable. It's been five straight seasons, four straight seasons. This is year number five where they have just completely missed the playoffs. I'll go through their win totals the last four years. 20, 20, 23, 17. It's just straight up unacceptable. And to be quite honest, over the last five years, they've given you almost zero reason to watch them, and that's unless you're just obsessed with basketball and want to watch Cade Cunningham. That's fine. But this year's got to be different. And based on how the last five years have gone, I'm not going to sit here and give you unrealistic expectations that this team should be in the play-in or this team should make the playoffs or anything like that because it's unrealistic. I'm not going to raise the bar very high for this team. I need to give this team a goal of some sort that I can root for and this team actually can get me invested in. Because right now, over the last four years, there has been no reason to be invested in this team. They've been playing for nothing besides the number one pick. Now you bring in Monty Williams. For some reason, you make him the highest paid coach in the history of basketball. Not sure why that was the case, but sure, whatever. We'll roll with it. Not my money. When he first joined the Suns, way back when, they had 19 wins. His first year, they had 34. They got better by 15 wins. And the next year, they were in the finals. I'm not going to sit here and tell you the Pistons are going to be in the finals in two years. But what I will say is there's a two-year window here where... If they don't make the playoffs next year, something drastic has to change. If they don't compete this year, something drastic has to change. You have to be playing some sort of meaningful basketball down the stretch. Because I swear, if this team throws it in the to- throws the towel in in January, February, and calls it quits and gives up on the season and trying to get its number one pick for the 19th millionth consecutive year, I'm going to be over it. Troy Weaver should be fired and banished from the city of Detroit. I'm not sure one good move he's done outside of draft night because I'll give it to him. 
He's been great on that night. Once a year, he's really good at his job. 364 days of the year, I have no idea what the point of having Troy Weaver in the building is because he's done nothing. No free agents, no trades, nothing. This roster makes no sense. It's just a bunch of guards and a bunch of big guys. No wings. Oh, well, we're missing three-point shooting. Oh, let's bring in Joe Harris. Yeah. Right. Oh, we have no defense. Let's bring in Joe Harris. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. This roster altogether has no chemistry, has no ability to play together so far. They're throwing out Isaiah Stewart as their starting power forward tonight. That's not good. They, they paid Beefs to $64 million, and I don't even want him to start. That's a problem. The fact that you pay this guy and he's not a clear number one starter or a power forward and you're banking on him to develop this three-point shot, which might never happen, is not a good sign. So, Troy Weaver, you've got about three months to figure this all out or you should be toast and never be in the NBA again. And I don't even think that's an exaggeration because you look at all the talent on this team, you look at all the top five picks they had because they can't win basketball games, and you should be able to compete as soon as this year. This is Cade Cunningham's third season in the NBA. Asar Thompson, I genuinely believe, is going to be on first team all-rookie this year. Jaden Ivey is what he is at this point. Jalen Duran, you got someone who I'd say at his best could be Bam Adebayo. That's awesome. A lot of people think he could be Dwight Howard. Sure. You've got all these young guys sitting around ready to develop, ready to win, ready to compete. Hell, we've compared Cade Cunningham to some of the best Pistons of all time, some of the best rookies of all time. There was a night his rookie season, he put up 34-8-8 as a rookie with four blocks. Some of the articles written about this guy in his rookie season are just mind-blowing. And when you're out of sight, you're out of mind. So a lot of people have just kind of brushed off Cade Cunningham. The Red Wings are winning. The Lions are good. You forget about him. But let's not forget two years ago when this guy was the consensus number one pick, he 100% lived up to every single bit of information we had about him. He was incredible as a rookie. Hell, in his 12 games last year at just 21 years old, he was 26-6. and six. That's great stuff from a 21-year-old. That's franchise-caliber stuff. So you have to, if you're the Detroit Pistons, bring us back into cheering for you. Bring us something to root for on a night-to-night basis because if we get to January and we just punt the season away again, we're going to have big problems. Compete. Please, for the love of God, don't just tank the season. Let's actually get some good wins together. I want to see Cade Cunningham. I'm excited, but I fear that in a month, when the, I mean, the Pistons started just god-awful last year, 3-15. and 15. You can't do that this year. You have to be competitive, or I'm done. Get Troy Weaver out of here if that's the case. Make some moves, do something, because you're wasting talent if you do anything else. I'm telling you, I'm buying stock on uh, Asar Thompson. I've had stock on Cade Cunningham. If you're not winning games and trying to help these guys win today, right now, then get out of here, Troy Weaver. Kindly leave. Please go away. 
I know John's excited to watch the Pistons. Oh, tonight. so thrilled. You mentioned and you referred to him, of course, as Beef Stew. You don't want him in the lineup. What is this starting five, given the injuries? Obviously, Bogdan's going to be out for, what, a month? Four weeks, uh, yeah. Four, yeah, well, that's what a month means. Uh, right. what, what's your ideal starting five right now for the uh, Pistons? Healthy or? No, or, right or, now. You're, 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 you're Monty. You got all the your, your Monty money bags. And you got, you know, what are you throwing out there? It's Cade Cunningham, Jaden Ivey, Asar Thompson, okay. Jalen Duran. Okay. And it's it's Beef Sue. Okay. Unfortunately. So you see so you're okay with that then? The no, I'm not that. okay with it because they have <laughs> one of the worst rosters in the NBA. It's just as simple as that. But at the same time, I I mean, you look at what this team did last year. 17 wins. Mm-hmm. What was the best turnaround from 2021 to 2022 from two years ago to last year, it was a 17-win improvement by the Sacramento Kings. Yeah. If the Pistons were to improve by 17 wins, which I guess isn't the craziest thing in the world, Vegas sure doesn't think they're going to do it, but if they were, still probably not good enough to make the play-in. So you got to do better. 38 wins on average gets you into the play-in. It's existed for three years in the Eastern Conference. 33 win- or 38 wins is the average to make the play-in. Now, I'm not asking you to do that. That would be an improvement by 21 wins. When LeBron went back to Cleveland, they went from 33 to 53 wins. It's 20 win improvement. Kate Cunningham's not LeBron. No. So don't expect them to get that much better. But you have to be able to compete. You can't just be the worst team in the NBA for the fifth consecutive year. That, uh, that doesn't cut it for me. Uh, over-under is what, 24 and a half? 27 and a half. <laughs> Thank you oh, very three more much. Wins. But there is an ideal world... In 2023, where Cade Cunningham is putting up all-star type numbers, and that right there is how you have a successful season. Mm-hmm. Cade Cunningham looks like one of the best 22-year-olds in all of the NBA. That's how you have a successful year. Show me some promise. Have a Sar Thompson make an all-rookie team. Show me some promise. Jaden Ivey, hopefully this motivated you, man. You were about to come off the bench before Bogey got hurt. So you better take this starting opportunity and run as fast as you can with it. I know you love to run out of control. You got to be able to put together some competitive runs. And if you can't do that, well, then Troy Weaver should be fired. What was the point of hiring a $100 million head coach? You, Brad was high on Monty. Uh, I, I was here when, he's a when great they hired coach. him. You're, you're, you're liking that they got him and the money they paid? I guess the money is The money doesn't really matter. It's point. not my money. But you, you thought that was the right hire? It was the best guy on the market. All right. But... You don't hire you don't pay a coach a hundred million dollars to have a lottery pick for the fifth consecutive year. You gotta go win now. And this de- this was the worst defense in the league last year. I don't see how it improves that much. You hope Asar Thompson can contribute day one. You hope Jalen Duran can develop as a rim protector. But looking around at some of the guys on this bench, it Joe not, Harris. Not gonna, Joe Harris can't guard a dead guy. Oh, Come on. What is your obsession with Joe no, Harris? No, it's just you're already slandering the poor guy. He hasn't played anywhere. He, all, all he's done is shoot threes everywhere and he's And get going. blown by. Oh. You can't stay in front of anyone, John. Mm. So the Pistons. Hey, defense in the NBA, I don't know. I, I, I think that's overrated. You got to get, gotta get some buckets. Got to get some offense. Got to get some Joe Harris threes. Well, you can't get Joe Harris threes if uh, the Pistons can't get stops. It all starts on defense, and that's something the Pistons don't have right now, unfortunately. But Cade Cunningham, just get us back into this thing, please. For the love of God, 
What determines a successful Pistons season? 989-837-6125. Or do you, do you just not care? The Lions are rolling. The Wings are rolling. Are the Pistons just irrelevant? The Piston, well, the Pistons find themselves. I don't think any team in this, in this uh, market's irrelevant to this, you know, to the fans. No, the Pistons have been the, for five years. So <laughs> the, have the Piston, Tigers. The Pistons have to do what the Red Wings are doing in a way. They have to make themselves relevant again. They have to make themselves must watch. Give that's us something to talk about. Yeah. That's... If you're the Pistons, for the love of God, give us something <laughs> to talk. I love basketball. I want to talk about Detroit. But if they start three and fifteen again. I'm going to have nothing to say on the radio show about this because they're going to stink and there's no one's going to want to hear about them. So give us something to talk about Detroit. Do something exciting tonight. You got the Miami heat. You're on the road. Just, just have some fun. Go make some plays. I want to see Cade Cunningham. I really do think he can be one of the best players in this league. Uh, I mean, Should that's why you drafted a number one overall. He's staying healthy. I, I I'm high on him too. Maybe not as high as you are on him, but I, I, I like him. It's just uh, you need the other pieces around him to prop him up, and I don't know if they have that right now. 989-837-6125. Let's talk about an actually fun team with some real expectations after this. You're listening to The Payoff, fueled by Forward Energy. The Payoff continues. More from the Great Lakes Bay region's home for sports. Sports Radio 100.9, The Mitt. You know, obviously the Lions are number one in Detroit. NFL always reigns supreme. Red Wings are submitting themselves as this number two team. Tigers finished the season's kind of strong, I guess. And then there's the Pistons, who just continuously shoot themselves in the foot and give us no reason to talk about them in the media. Do something this year. Please don't give us six straight years of absolutely nothing. Otherwise, Troy Weaver, get your ass out of Detroit. We don't want you. I have not wanted you for years. You were just the name attached to a brand, and that brand was Oklahoma City, who happened to draft <laughs> KD, Russell Westbrook, and Harden. You were clearly, I'll give it to him. He was, he was good at drafting. He's been good at drafting. He's landed Cade, but that was kind of a layup. Jaden Ivey was also a layup, and I love the SR pick. So I'm not going to bash him too much for that, but... Outside of that, you've done nothing, man. You've got to build your teams outside of just the draft. Unless you're drafting future Hall of Famers left and right. But I wouldn't bank on that. You've got to be able to put together a competent roster. Besides, I guess, Cunningham, like, is he the only pretty much strand of hope you're holding on to coming into this season besides your love for basketball? Because you're fired up for tonight's opener. I know you are. Sar Thompson, if you want free, if you like money, oh, bet is over in rebounds. Six and Vegas a half. has no idea what they're doing with this. Wow. Didn't have a preseason game where he didn't have more than 10. This is the best six foot six rebounder in the NBA. Hasn't even played a snap that and I'm or a, a game yet. And yeah. I'm guaranteeing that if you like money, bet is over. Tonight's a big occasion too. We're going over to the Tunney household. You've never been. I'm never. I'm. It's like going to a castle. I, right? Well, did you did Royalty. you bring good shoes by the way? Like good walking shoes. No. No. What are you wearing? Tennis shoes. Ah, well, tennis shoes. I didn't know. I, I forgot the Midwest term. Tennis shoes. You're wearing sneakers, right? Some. I'm. Yeah. Right, well, what? what no, do I have I, to take my shoes off and no, no, walk well, through a magic red carpet to get into his house? <laughs> a drawbridge no, bridge just, is going to open up. I, I mean, obviously, probably maybe at half he'll give you the tour. It's just a lot of walking, you know, because it's such you know, it's it's a McMansion, you know, so. a McMansion, <laughs> a Bradchin. 
You, you got to be very excited to, for you to see it, to watch the Pistons basketball with the boys. Well, his TV's probably going to get some curse words hurled oh, at it if, no. uh, if the Pistons don't show up tonight. That's what I'm most intrigued by. I mean, you guys are going to care about the X's and O's and to see how many threes Joe Harris, is, uh, Joe Harris hits and everything like nope, that. Nope, we don't care about that. Uh, what I'm going to be looking forward to is to see you and Brad both in fan mode because I've never seen that before. I'm, I'm going to be – we've never watched the Lions game together. It's we've never scary. watched the Red Wings, U of M, uh, I guess Penn State for Brad's uh, point of view there. I'm excited to see how, especially a Pistons. Okay, it's a season opener, so there's a little more juice. There's a little more, uh, you know, intensity with this than a regular regular season game, maybe in you know mid November, January or something. Oh like no, no, that. no! The, the November games are going to be electric <laughs> now that the mid season tournaments oh, tournaments gosh. happening. Can, could you explain that to me, by the way? Before uh, we get into the Red Wings? So every single Tuesday and Friday in November. Uh huh. The games are going to have a little bit more juice to them. Uh, a little more juice. Going to be more different jerseys, different courts. Uh, your record on Tuesdays and Fridays in November determines whether or not you make a tournament that occurs in December. Whoever wins that tournament, it's a single elimination tournament. Whoever wins that, the championship is in Vegas. Final Four is in Vegas. Whoever wins that, everybody on the roster gets like a million dollars. Oh, it's not even a playoff spot? It's just... No. 16 teams make the playoffs. There doesn't need to be an, oh another playoff bid. I think the winner should also get These like... These guys need more money. Yes. <laughs> right. You see that Jalen Brown contract? Yeah. These guys need more money. That's All right. I didn't even realize that's what that was. Jeez. What you got for uh, for us on the wings? Oh, what do I got? I mean, you watched the game last night. I, I I think the if you gave the box score to me after the fact, uh, it's crushing. It, it sucks, especially a team on a five game win streak. But if you saw how that game played out last night, I I gotta credit Detroit's uh, bounce back ability. You were down three one heading into the third period because just before the second intermission, pretty much a two goal swing. You had Olimata set up perfectly, uh, and Jaden Schwartz of the Seattle Kraken threw his stick at the puck. Shows you how desperate this Seattle team was for a win, who entered last night 1-4-1. and He throws the stick at the puck, which, by the way, that's a penalty, folks. You, you can't, can't do that. It's not throwing, like, sometimes in hockey you'll say, oh, yeah, throwing the stick at the puck. Yeah, with an, with a hand still attached, with, with, you know, at least one hand still attached. He threw the stick out. And it directed redirected the puck so Mata couldn't hit it. That's a penalty. Was not called. And then Seattle regains possession, goes the other way up the ice, and scores. So that's a gut punch. I mean, Debrinkit went up to the officials. He's like, you you could read his uh, you know, lips on the, the Valley Sports broadcast, like, are you kidding me? Like, what what are we doing? And it, it's a penalty that was not called. And you could easily be taken out of a spot like that. Three one. You're down two goals heading into the third period. And I understand the Red Wings were at home, but that, that just feels tough where you feel like you were rooked because you were. And, 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 and the whole intermission report was about it, and it was fair, and the Frozen Frenzy covered it as well. Like, that's, that's just a penalty that you cannot miss as uh, an official's, you know, as a, as a crew in the NHL, and they did. But you got you to gotta admire the Red Wings uh, bouncing back. And then taking the lead 4-3 and why it feels, you know, gut-wrenching, why it, why it's, it stings, Larkin obviously reaches in the stick uh, at the midsection, and he told reporters in the media after the game, he said, I gave the, you know, officials a reason to call it. You get your stick jammed in the midsection of an opposing player. He, you know, he basically said along the lines that he was asking for a penalty, which he was, and then the Seattle's credit obviously getting the goal, and then... And I think uh, maybe you realize this, Ben, at the at the you know when it happened. Obviously, with five seconds to go in the three on three overtime to have Seattle score, yeah, you lose a game, it stings. 
Detroit would have killed them in the shootout. If it went to a shootout after that final fight, like the skill, I mean, I don't know what they would have lined up, but the Brinkett, Larkin, it would have easily went to Detroit. And Seattle even knew. They said after the game, I, I think it was Jordan Eberle who, who scored the game winner, he said, yeah, we did not want to go to a shootout against them. Like they point blank said that because they knew, yeah, we're going to be outskilled by the Red Wings. Luckily, they got a goal, you know, with five seconds to go in overtime. But that's a game that, and we talked about this when we previewed the Red Wings season a couple weeks ago. This is a great start. I'm still not willing to put them in the territory of, you know, contenders in the East. It's still early. But there's that fringe playoff expectation, getting that wild card spot, being a top uh, four team in the Atlantic. Tonight or last night is a game where if you get in by a point or two, you look back on and say, I'm glad they got a point in that game. Because, again, you go into the third period, you're down 3-1 with, you know, 20 minutes to play, and how you go down by two goals was gut-wrenching, should have went your way uh, and didn't. That's tough to, like, take as a team, and they just didn't care. And they went out there in that power play unit. And I'll tell you, too, that power play unit's for real. I mean, we were talking about through the first like three, four games, how it was at a video game like number and how it wasn't going to sustain because it won't. Obviously, you're not going to be at a 40 percent clip. But that power play just had the Kraken's goal yesterday guessing. I mean, on Debrinkit's final goal and the, the final goal Detroit scored uh, in regulation, the goal, the goal slid all the way over to the to the far post because he was just guessing there was another pass coming like it was bad positioning by their goalie. And to bring it, obviously put it in the open slot and didn't miss, but it was bad positioning from their goalie because he was figuring there was another pass. That was a goalie on his heels the whole time. And ideally that's what you want from a defense on a power play. That's why you have a man advantage, but you had no clue what their option was going to be. And that was even pointed out with Larkin's sort of wraparound where he quickly went to the net. Usually that's a pass scenario. And I, I know it's still in Larkin. It's your leading point getter, but not a lot of guys have the ability to take a shot from that angle or to even just generate an, a rebound from that angle. And he walked in, no hesitation, and scored. So their, their power play, I mean, there's going to be teams that are game planning against them. The number one thing is not to stop this power play because you really can't. It's to contain it, and you have to be really disciplined against the Red Wings if you want to come up uh, and get the W. And I'll tell you what, John, after yesterday, for the remainder of the season, and by the way, yesterday was the most on edge I've been for an NHL game in a long time. So if you're not a big hockey guy, obviously NFL is always going to reign supreme in Detroit. Yeah. The Red Wings are submitting their name in the ballot for being the second best team. I mean, this is hockey town after all. Yeah. And they have not, you know, they haven't given us a reason to be excited for them in five, six years. It's been, what, eight years since they've made the playoffs. Now they're putting it together. So... If you haven't been watching, jump on the train because Detroit's about to get real fun. Real fun, especially if the Lions go on to have success this season and then their season closes, uh, hopefully at late into 2023. Then we're going to ride the Red Wings right into the playoffs. That's the goal. So, And, and the Pistons, they're probably not going to give you a reason to be excited that time of year. Let's just be honest. So let's let's get excited for the Red Wings. And, and here's what I was trying to say. Um... After watching yesterday, you're down 3-1 and end up with a 4 uh what, a 4-3 lead at one point, yeah. right? Yeah, 4-3 lead you blue. And, and that's you, why you I score, feel like you score 3 straight. Yeah. It feels like they're never going to be out of a game now. Mm-hmm. Now, the for the remainder of the season, yeah. it does not matter how many goals unless they're down 5-0. 
I'm always going to feel like they can get back into it because I've seen it and it wasn't a fluke. Mm-hmm. You mentioned it. The power play is something real. Yeah. Alex Debrinkit has lived up to all the hype and more. Still leads the league in goals, nine of them through seven games. This guy's for real. Larkin's getting better. It seems like this offense has really clicked, and they were bottom nine last year mm-hmm. in goals scored. If they can be top 10 this year, they're going to be a playoff team. It's as simple as that, and I'm never going to feel like they're out of a game now, which is something I couldn't say last year because last year it was if you get down early, you're never coming back. It was. It was. I'll tell you, you said it. I mean, make us care. There's a lot of sports we got to cover in the area and a lot of stuff we got to get to in an hour on the payoff each each day from six to seven. Right. And the Red Wings are making it. Uh, yeah, you got to care about them. They're making it impossible them. to not talk about yeah. them. Final thing, by the way, it was it was my first probably from from beginning to end watching of uh, the game intently. I've heard about Ken Daniels and Mickey Redmond being one of the best booths. They were they're classic. They were hilarious last night too with the frozen frenzy stuff because the Red Wings had a, a later start at eight fifteen. I mean, they opened that overtime period with yeah, playing uh, past eleven o'clock, like classic stuff where it was like they do not give a heck about the uh, big picture, big picture with the NHL and the marketing. They're just like, no, this is too late to start a game in Detroit. This game, you should not end this game. Uh, past eleven o'clock locally, it was classic that they were both uh, railing against it. I, I, I was, I was sitting there just like chuckling because I'm like, this is hilarious. Like, especially to start an overtime period too. They're like, yeah, we're gonna make this known, and then all right, we're gonna get into the action. Did you like the frozen, whatever they call yeah, it? Yeah, frozen I, I, frenzy. I checked it out. It's you know, it's basically Red Zone. Uh, you know, from the mothership of production there. Uh, you know, ba- basically just NFL Red Zone hockey. Good personalities. I thought they did a good job. I thought they did a good job. It, it, it was work. You know, I had that with the World Series on, so I can't say I was, like, you know, focused on every camera cut or whatever, but a really good job. And final thing before we go, Ben, uh, meant to give the shout-out yesterday. Congrats to uh, you, Burnwriter, who he does, you know, Loons games for us, a, a fixture, MLive uh, reporter, uh, Saginaw County Sports Hall of Fame, class of 2023. That was unveiled yesterday. There we so, go. Congrats to him. Pistons, they're tipping off against the Miami Heat in 30 30- minutes on the road can they start their season one and oh like they did last year and then proceed to follow up the next 14 games uh with two wins we're gonna be rooting for kate cunningham asar thompson bet is over in rebounds if you like money i'm telling you it's free thanks for listening forward corporation thank you guys for sponsoring the show that's the payoff from the Blazy Electric Studios, this is Sports Radio 100.9, The Mitt, WLUN, Pinconning Bay City, Saginaw Midland.